Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast channel for Impact Student Ministries, which is based out of Eubank Baptist Church in Eubank, Kentucky. We are all about discovering who Jesus is, discovering His purpose for us, and inviting others to do the same. We would love for you to join us on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. This podcast is a place where you can catch up on past conversations from our Wednesday night worship experiences. To stay connected, you can follow us on Instagram at EubankBCYouth, all one word, and on Facebook at Impact Student Ministries-EubankBC. Thank you for being part of the conversation, and let's keep discovering who Jesus is together. Alright, so I was told pretty last minute to that I was doing this, so just bear with me. But um, I'm really thankful to be able to be up here and do this with you guys. Um, so we're just gonna we're gonna be talking about living a G-rated life in an X-rated world, and so that's kind of that's dealing with peer pressure as a Christian, you know. So as Christians, that's whenever Satan wants to attack us, right? You know, Satan's not going to attack somebody that's already worshiping him, is he? You know, why, why would he want to ruin their life if they're already worshiping him, if they're doing everything that he wants them to do? If they're, if they're going away from God, then he's, he's doing good. Satan's doing his part. And Satan doesn't want to attack them then because he wants to attack the people that are going to God. He wants to attack the people who are being true evangelical Christians um, for God, because he doesn't want that. Um, so my question is, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you have been forced or um, almost like kind of compromised your Christian faith? Um, I know I have been, and there's been times that I have, you know, stood up for what I know is right, you know, that I've, I've said something, that I've told somebody, hey, man, you know, that's, that's not right, you know, we can't, we can't be doing that, you know, Jesus said this, or, you know, whatever it might be, but I also know that there are many times that I've failed to do my part as a Christian, and I have fell into temptation, or I have even just saw something going on, or, you know, like saw my friends doing something, and I know it's not right, but, you know, hey, who am I to say it? But that's not true. You know, I, I'm a Christian. I stand up for what I believe in, and especially for those that I love. If I love somebody, I'm going to help them out, and I'm going to tell them whenever I think they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing, you know, because I want them to go to heaven with me. But if they don't understand, you know, the true meaning of a Christian or what's going on as, you know, in a Christian life, then there's no way that that can happen. You know, I'm, I'm not showing my love to them. So, you know, as a Christian, it's very hard to live that G-rated life because of that temptation. And we're in a world now, especially teenagers, that the entire world is X-rated. You know, everything we see, everything we hear, everything we look at, everything on our phones is X-rated. It's not something that Jesus would look at. It's not something that Jesus would want to listen to. It's not something Jesus would partake in. So why are we taking in it? Why are we having a part in any of these things that Jesus wouldn't have a part in? And a lot of that is because of temptations. 
And, you know, as most of you guys know, the, um, the verse Romans 12, too, and Ian, I saw your shirt, and it talks about that. Um, but it says, and do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what, prove what the will of God is, that which, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The will of God is good and perfect. It is, it is, you know, you cannot get any better. It is what the world was designed to do. But being conformed in the world is the exact opposite. That's what Satan wants you to do. That's what Satan is trying to pressure you into doing every single day, which is that X-rated life. Um, and sometimes it's just easier to say nothing rather than stand up for what we know is right and true as a follower of Jesus. Um, peer pressure has an immense hold over us as teenagers. We always want to do what our friends are doing. That I don't, I don't care what you say, I don't care who you are, I don't care who your friends are. You want to do what your friends are doing at some point or another. Typically, many times in a day. Um, and so, in this passage that I'm going to be reading, um, if you have a Bible crew, you can do that. If not, that's okay. Um, so, in the passage that I'm going to be reading, Peter is calling us to stay strong and distinctively Christian. Distinctively Christian means Christian only. We're not compromising. Because Aaron spoke, I don't know if it was last week or a few weeks ago, about lukewarm Christians. Jesus does not want a lukewarm Christian. If you're lukewarm, he will spit you out of his mouth. And in, in, that, in the context of that verse, him saying he's going to spit you out is more like puke you out. Not, not just, you know, kind of say, you know, no, no. He, he's done with it. He doesn't want to see it at all. And um, so this is kind of what, what Peter's talking about in these verses. And um, that takes a strong and a courageous spirit. And in verse 1 of chapter 4, it's 1 Peter 4, chapter, or verse 1. And um, Peter says that since therefore Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same intention. So, you know, again, the question is, how do we resist peer pressure in our lives? And 1 Peter 4, 1 through 11 gives us four steps to resist the peer pressure in our lives. So we're going to read that real fast if you guys have found it. Um, I'm in the NASB, and you guys are probably in NIV, um, but that's okay. So, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of Gentiles, having pursued a coarse sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In all of this, they are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excesses of disposition, and they malign you. Um, but they will give you, they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has, for this purpose, been preached even to those who are dead, that though they are judged in the flesh as men. They may live in the spirit according to the will of God. Verse 7. Um, the end of all things are near. Therefore, the sound of judgment. 
Be sound of judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint, as each as each one has received a special gift. Employ, employ it in serving one another, good stewards of the manifest manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength by which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, my first point that we're going to look at is, it's coming from verse 1, and it is that we must develop a new mindset. We need a mindset of strength and discipline so that we can stay strong in the faith no matter what the situation is that we find ourselves in. And that can only happen whenever we confidently claim our identity through Jesus Christ. We cannot, we cannot have this mindset of strength and discipline if we're like, you know, man, right now I'm, I don't, I don't want to follow Jesus right now. You know, maybe, maybe after I do, do this thing with my friends, maybe after I go to this party, you know, that's, that's not how this works. You know, we, we confidently claim where our identity is, and we follow what our identity says. We don't just say that our identity is in Jesus and then go to do something else. We follow that. And the truth is that since we have become followers of Jesus, we're not the same as what we used to be. And we need to be confident in who we are. We need to realize that that's not you know, who we are anymore. That's the old us, and this is the new us. But we have to be firm in that. We have to know that, and we have to be that example. We, have to, we can't just, just be lukewarm. We can't be half and half. We have to confidently know what we're talking about. And as I was writing this earlier today, um, the song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus, is kind of, you know, what comes through my head. And a lot of this is kind of, you know, an old church kid song that I used to sing whenever I was like two years old. But, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really, you know, a good and important song. You know, just claiming I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. You know, I'm, I'm following Jesus, and I'm not turning back. I'm not looking back behind me anymore, because that's not who I am anymore. Um, and in verse 1, it outlines that whoever has suffered in the flesh has seized from sin. This meaning we're done with sin. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to sin anymore. That, that has no, no meaning to that at all. The Bible does not say that we won't sin anymore. But that means that, that we will not live, you know, we will not start at the sinful life that we started at before. You know, no longer is our starting point sin. Our starting point is Jesus Christ because we've made that decision to follow him over sin. But now if we don't make that decision to follow Jesus, then we're starting from sin. Now you can turn that around and you can start from Jesus but once you've made that decision, that's where your starting point is. It's through Jesus, and it's at Jesus. So, in order to resist the peer pressure, we have to have that new mindset. We have to confidently say that we're going to be a Christian. We have to know that before we can do anything. If we, if we want to go out in the world 
and we want to say that we might be a Christian, then we're not going to be a Christian. If we don't say that we're going to be a Christian, we're not going to be a Christian. You have to have that mindset. Um, so my second step for resisting peer pressure would be to make lifestyle choices out of that mindset. So in verse 2, Peter says, So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but the will of God. And in Romans 8.28 says that um, those who love God, all things will work out for their good. And if that's the case, which I strongly believe it is, then why do we not listen to verse 2? You know, we, we can come to church and we can read these verses, but if we believe it, then why do we keep, keep ignoring it? Why do we keep putting that aside and saying that we'll look at it later? Um, so, think of all of the good things in your life. Your family, the roof over your head, the food you eat, the education you get, and, and you know everything else that you get. And we think that we're entitled to this stuff. We think that, you know, well, everybody else has it, you know, why shouldn't I have it, you know? Like, my, my family isn't even as good as theirs, so I, sh I should have a family like theirs. I should have a big house like theirs. You know, I, sh I should be able to eat steak for dinner like they do. But nobody is entitled to any of that. We think that we are. We think that just because that's the normal, the normal reality of the world right now, that, you know, a lot of people have nice houses. A lot of people are able to do these things. There are a lot of people that aren't, too. And we don't see that. We don't think about that. But that, that's really just a blessing through Jesus Christ that we're able to do this. And none of this is able to happen without Jesus. So if we think about you know, all those things that I just said, if we're still going to go out and live for the devil, if we're still going to go out and live for the rest of the world, why? How does that make sense that we can, that we can take all the blessings from God but we can't give up our life for God. How do, you, how do you receive all the good from somebody but never want to give back to them? That you, you can't do that, and especially with God, because that is, that is more lukewarm than you know, anything that I could think of, is taking all of God's blessings and thanking Him, but then not doing anything in return. So... We can share the Word of God. We can make that lifestyle choice to share the Word of God in everyday life. We can share it just through our actions. You don't have to talk to somebody in our school, in our workplaces, um, anywhere you go. And people need Jesus, so we need to be the reason why they see Him. We have to make the lifestyle choice out of that mindset to be the reason why somebody hears and sees about Jesus. Um, so the will of God that, that that verse talks about is our guiding principle in life, and, and it goes on to contrast the behavior that should be avoided. Um, some things are, are kind of random to our human minds, but it all goes into being uh, a follower of Jesus. It all adds up to main, one main conclusion, and that's we can either live by doing our lives, by doing what God wants us to do, or we can use our lives to do what other people want us to do. That's, that's your choice. Do what God wants you to do, or do what other people want you to do. There's, there's no in the middle. Um, 
And, and so the part that causes us pain as Christians sometimes is, is what Peter says in verse 4, which says, In all of this they are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excesses of disposition, and they may malign you. Malign you. So I know this is, this is very, um, for some of you, you understand it, but it doesn't hit your heart the way that it should, and some of you just might not understand it. But this verse is saying that, you know, there's people that want to, they, they want you to run with them. They want you to do everything. The people that you're around every day, I guarantee you, you make bad decisions with most of them. I guarantee you there's, there's that one friend or there's that two friend, however many friends there are. There's those people that they do things that they shouldn't do. And you, kind of, you fall into that, and you start building onto that, and you follow what they want you to do. But whenever you say no, they're going to be surprised. They're not going to expect you to say no to do what the world wants to do because everybody else in this world is doing it. But that's that lifestyle choice. That's the choice that we make to use our actions and say, I'm not doing what, that, what they want me to do. That's the choice that we make for Jesus. And that's, that's the peer pressure that I'm talking about. Um, the peer pressure of wanting to be like others, wanting to be loved, heard, seen, being popular as the other kids are that you are, are with. We don't want to be seen as somebody who somebody's going to walk up to, oh, that's that, that's that preacher man. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the church kid. You know, I don't, don't want to be around him. We don't want to be like that. But we should. We want to be like, oh, he, he's, the team, he's the team leader. He's the star of the team. He's the, he's the one that hosts all those parties at his house. That's what, that's what most, most of this world wants to be seen as. But we should want to be seen as that follower of Jesus, the one who, who shares the light of Jesus to anybody he encounters just through his actions. Just by what he looks like and what he does with his life, that's, we want to be showing Jesus through that, and that's who we should want to do. So, throughout the New Testament, you can find Jesus at places where there were negative or, you know, not, not good things happening. Um, but never once did you see Jesus do those things. You saw him at those parties. You saw Jesus at those places where people were doing these things that they should have not been doing. But never once did you see Jesus partake in that. Jesus resisted the peer pressure and the temptations so many times. But not only did he resist it, he taught those who were doing it a lesson. He shined the light of his Father on, on those people. And I want you to understand this thing too. Jesus was fully human. Jesus was not, you know, just, just an angel that come down, you know, so we all just expected him to be perfect anyways. Jesus come to this earth fully human, fully flesh, but fully God. So Jesus was just as tempted as every one of you. Every time, you know, you, you get wrapped up in something and you're tempted to do it, that's how Jesus felt too. Every time that you fall into that temptation, Jesus, Jesus was in that same position, but he resisted it. Um, so, so that's, that's how, we, how we should live as a Christian. 
and, and Jesus knew his boundaries, and he helped set others' boundaries in order to help them in their Christian walk. Um, and so in light of this, in verse 7, it says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, therefore be sound of judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Um, being a Christian isn't necessarily a hobby, right? You know, it's, it's not necessarily just, you know, something that we want to do for the fun of it or for the enjoyment of it. But it's, that doesn't mean that you have to live the boring, the most boring life in the world. You don't have to be the kid, oh, he doesn't ever have fun, he goes to church. You know, he doesn't ever want to party on Wednesday nights, he goes to church. You know, we, we can have fun, but we can do that with our set boundaries that Jesus gives us. Um, so my third point is to be motivated by love for others, not a desire to be popular. A lot of times we are motivated by by a desire to be popular. A lot of times, you know, whenever we're going somewhere, whenever we're at school, we're motivated to do different things because we think people are going to see us as better than somebody else. We think people are going to choose us because we've done something that most people can't do or won't do. That's, that's, what we, that's where we try to get our friends from is by doing things like that. And in verse 8, Peter makes it extraordinarily clear what his main priority is, and that's love others. Um, and so verse 8 says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for another, because love covers a multitude of sins. So our lives should be increasingly increasing in love each and every day. Um, and I know that Impact Student Ministries right in here has a goal to be increasingly hallmarked by love, constantly, constantly growing in love, constantly wanting to love others, wanting to bring kids in from families that, that don't love them so that we can love on them. That, that is what this church does. That is what the whole church does. That's what your, your first priority club does. That's what your FCA club does. That's what these organizations for Christians do, is we're, we're ran off of love. If we don't have love, we're not a church. Because the Bible says right here that love covers a multitude of sins. So if you don't love others, you're sinning a whole lot. You have a whole lot of sin that you've got to cover up now. But if you just love others... That covers so much of this Bible. I bet you in every page of this Bible, and there's a lot of pages in here. I bet you in every page there is something about love. I guarantee it. So we, we have to be motivated by love for others, not a desire to be popular. Um, and, and we get it wrong. We mess up. We fail. Um, everything we do, you know, it's whatever but we still love. It doesn't matter how many times you mess up, we love. And um, we just keep loving more and more and more. Um, whenever others mess up against us, we keep loving. We don't stop loving. It makes it hard to keep loving them, but we still do it. And, and we, we mess up against God, but God keeps loving us, doesn't he? How many times have you 
done something, read something, saw something, heard something, anything like that, and and you went back and you're like, man, huh? I don't think I should have done that. I, 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 you know, you feel that gut feeling, and and I've done that, you know, many times in my life with many different things, but I know I know that God still loves me, and and that guilt is is proof of that. Whenever we feel guilty, that's because we know God loves us and we know God wants us to to follow Him and He wants to have a relationship with us in in His way. And, and we feel that guilt because we're like, man, I, I messed up on God. You know, you know I, I, don't, I don't feel worthy enough, but he still loves us. Um, so we have to develop a new mindset, make lifestyle choices out of that mindset, but do so in a way that it's always loving and never judgmental. So finally, my last point that I have for you is to use the gifts that God has given you to build positive relationships. And the positive relationships part of this is the most important part. Because we're talking about resistant peer pressure. You know, living a G-rated life in an X-rated world. Um, positive relationships is how you do that. If you don't have positive relationships, then you cannot run off of yourself. You have to run off of your positive relationship with God and positive relationships with others that are going to lift you up in prayer to God, that are going to encourage you to, to be in the word of God. And so that that is probably the biggest way that you are going to be able to resist peer pressure. Have that accountability partner. You know, text, text Aaron, text, text Becca, text Martin or Jill or whoever it is, They'll sit there and they'll be your accountability partner. They'll tell you, you know, hey, you know, have have you read your Bible today? You know, what you know, talk to you about your life. What did you do today? You know, that that shared the word of God. And sometimes you're gonna fail. Sometimes you're gonna feel the guilt. You're gonna say, Man, I, I didn't read my Bible, I didn't tell anybody about Jesus, I didn't do anything. And that's because you know they love you. Because they love you enough to share the word of God with you each and every day if you want them to. But you have to allow them to do that. So, verses 10 and 11 says, As each, as each one has received a special gift, enjoy it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold of grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So I'm just going to allow that verse to speak for itself as my final point. Um, but we use those first three points that I gave you, um, developing a new mindset, making lifestyle choices out of the mindset, and being motivated by love. We use those, those three um, points in order to get this fourth point. In order to get the positive relationships and using the gifts of God to get those, we have to use those first three points and to know that we're not, we're not a follower of the world anymore. We're a follower of Jesus. We have to make those choices and we have to love others. And that is how we can make those positive relationships in order to resist that peer pressure. So use it. 
Use all of this that I've given you to go out to school tomorrow, to go for the rest of the week and the week after and the rest of the year, the rest of your lives, and, and give Jesus the glory through what you do. Give him the glory through having that positive relationship with him and others to bring you to him. So um, I don't know if I'm praying and they're singing or what's going on, but okay. So I'm just going to pray for you, um, but I know all of those adults are going to be happy to talk to you if you guys need it. Um, I see every one of their heads shaking, I think, so I know they are going to be happy to, to talk to you. If you guys need somebody in your life that can help you bring that positive relationship with God, that will help you resist the peer pressure so that you're following the Word of God, you can talk to somebody. You can talk to me. You can talk to some of your friends that are in here. But please do not leave here without talking to somebody if you need it. If you're doing something that you know that you shouldn't be doing, but you just don't know how to stop doing it, talk to somebody. They, they can help you. They will help you. So let's bow our heads and pray, and then we'll dismiss. Father God, we thank you for this time of, of worship, for the time of teaching and gathering and you know socializing. And um, we just thank you for all of those things that you've given us in this space, Lord. We thank you for all of our adults that are willing to help us here. Um, we thank you for Pastor Aaron doing everything that he does for us, Lord. But, Lord, we just ask you to move in these kids' hearts in a way that you never have before in a way that they will have to make that decision, that they cannot move if they have not made that decision, that that, that will sit on their hearts so heavy to the point that they have to speak up, Lord. Lord, I ask you to just, just give them the courage to speak up if they need help, if they need anything. And Lord, we just ask you to give, give those who they ask the words to share with them from your word, Lord. And we just ask you to keep us safe on our way home and just bless each and every one of us that are in this room. In your name I pray, amen.